I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, my friend. You big down a bastard! Where'd you get your feet? Jesus Christ. One Gather to rally. This is the Dave Duke Podcast. Welcome to episode 21 of the Dave Duke Podcast. I'm Dave Duke, you are you, and here we go again. Today is going to be about oxygen primarily, festivals, I'm going to Electric Picnic this weekend. Perhaps you're listening to this and Electric Picnic has passed. I've been to Electric Picnic and hopefully I'm still alive but I have went down the rabbit hole of my festival experiences. But before we get down that rabbit hole and talk about Oxygen 2010 primarily, some feedback on last week's podcast. I had a close-to-me loved one ring me on Monday morning, and they were like, well, I enjoyed the podcast. But you know from someone's tone of voice that there is a bot coming? I'm sure you've felt it many times before. You just know they're not ringing you to compliment you fully. There's a bot, and the bot came. I really enjoyed the podcast, or I enjoyed it. I don't think they said really enjoyed it. So they were like, I enjoyed it. It was good. It was a good standard dinner. But it's too depressing. It's depressing the fucking whole of me. I care about your health. I do. But who the fuck gives a fuck? And I agreed with them. I've been depressing the whole of you with my medical history and my ailments and my creaky knees and my <coughs> whooping cough and my sadness and depression and my anxiety and panic attacks. I'm only trying to be open and honest, but I understand that I might have absolutely depressed you silly and that you might have went away going, well, I don't feel great after listening to that podcast, but I thought it was more of a fruitful endeavor to tell you that I'm on the mend and my doctor told me that I'm a soft cunt rather than just pass over it. I feel I had to double down. I had to tell you the diagnosis, pre-diagnosis. So that was what a close-to-me loved one said. Ah, look, I, I enjoyed it, but you're depressing the whole of me. 
With that in mind, I will try not to depress the whole of you going forward in the Dave Duke podcast. It is episode 21, and as I said, Electric Picnic is this weekend in Stradbally in County Leash. And what's mad is that Leash hosts, this year at least, the two biggest outdoor events in Ireland. Electric Picnic and the Ploughing Championships. So Electric Picnic held in Stradbally this year. I know the Ploughing Championships moves around, but over the course of three days, over 200,000 people will descend on Rathneska. And if you look at Stradbally and Rathneska on a map, they're about five kilometres apart. Basically the same place that Electric Picnic is, will be the Ploughing Championships, which is essentially Electric Picnic for farmers. It's not always about the ploughing, it's about the trade stalls and the demonstrations and the cooking and all that crack. I haven't been to the Ploughing Championships for years, I'll try and make an, uh, an appearance this year. But it's hard with work, um, because in the radio industry, the... Knowledge or the thinking is that nobody should ever be off in September because schools are going back, colleges are going back, people are getting into their radio routine listening and that you shouldn't be away from the radio. Moving on swiftly to oxygen. Actually, not moving on, moving backwards. I think for any late 20, early 30, maybe even 40-ish person in Ireland, it should be a rite of passage that you attended at least one Oxygen Festival. At least one. It used to be called Witness, and then it became Oxygen, and it was at the peak of its powers, 2009, 2010, 2011, and then things started getting very ropey, indeed. My first Oxygen was 2010. I've only been to two. Went to one as a witness, went to one as a punter, went to the other one as a DJ. And they were two completely different experiences, but some similarities in between. 2010. Let me give you the lineup of what was happening in 2010, who was playing. Because there was quite a lot of people. In 2010, here's who you had in the lineup you had Arcade Fire, Jay Z, Muse. Kasabian, Eminem, Faithless, The Black Eyed Peas, Fatboy Slim, The Prodigy, Calvin Harris, David Guetta, Mumford and Sons, The Prodigy. Did I mention The Prodigy were there? Armin Van Helden. And then you get down through the lineup and you see mad names like Chipmunk, <laughs> Hot Chip, LaRue was there. Going in for the kill, big time at that. Editors, Groove Armada, Scouting for Girls, Plan B, Republic of Loose. It was a damn good lineup. Dizzy Rascal, too. He was class on the main stage. Big lineup, but tickets did not sell out. This was where Oxygen was starting to wane a little bit. Financial crisis, we were in the grip of it. But for a lineup of that size, you would imagine hey, we've a good shot at selling out. Oxygen has a big name. Everybody knows who we are. Everybody's talking about us. But I was able to get a ticket on the Thursday before the event. And it was my mum who bought me my ticket. I had just completed the leave insert. I hadn't celebrated fully of my achievements. And I remember ringing mum and saying, will you please get me a oxygen ticket? And she was like, I will. Because mum is sound like that. 
and she went to Sligo. That was our nearest Ticketmaster physical buying a ticket office. And she got me a ticket and she brought it home to Glenade and she slipped it under my pillow. And it was for oxygen 2010. I'm going. Time to pack. Time to get the tent. Time to get my sleeping bag. Time to get all my shit and gear and let's get on the bus. There was a bus leaving from Kinlock on the Friday morning to go to Oxygen. Now, Kinlock is in rural Leitrim. Punchestown is the, or was the site of Oxygen 2010, and the bus was leaving very early in the morning because today, in 2023, it's a three-hour journey with very moderate traffic in the middle of the week from Kinlock in Leitrim to Punchestown. Back in 2010, I would say the roads weren't as good. Perhaps there was slips of motorway that weren't there in 2010 I would imagine on a normal day it would have been three and a half hours but you add in all the traffic that was going all the one way I'd say it was a four and a half to five hour burst journey I hadn't accounted this when I got up on the Friday morning and I ate the biggest fry that I could possibly stuff into my stomach and I got onto the bus I think it was eight o'clock in the morning and I cracked open my first can of Balmers. And I was sitting at the front of the bus, passenger numero uno, with a can of Balmers after a big fry. Ladies and gentlemen, and you dear soul, if you don't know already, then you should know that's a fucking terrible idea. Terrible. Don't be drinking straight away after a massive fry at that time in the morning, because it's only going to go one way. Well, it's only going to go two possible ways, and that's down or up and out. But I kept drinking. I was excited. You're seeing your mates, the people who you went to school with. You haven't seen them for a few weeks. We're all going to oxygen together. We've all done the leaving cert. We're free. We're becoming adults. This is our first time that we're going to be in a field for three days on our own. Oh my fucking God. What is going to happen? Are you going to get the ride? Who's going to shift who? Oh my God. Who's tenting? Do you want to stay in my tent? I'll wash your clothes. I don't care. Let's shower together. The excitement was palpable. And oxygen was on the cards for us young'uns going to Punchestown. I radio was it was I one oh two one oh four that was the radio station of choice at that time. I also made a I think I might have made a CD for the bus at the time as well. To be honest, the music on the bus was only background noise for the chatter and the crack going. But then the piss stop started. And boy, did they not stop. I'd say there wasn't a town or village between North Leitrim and Punchestown in Kildare that we did not stop in for either a drink or a piss. It took so long. There was so much getting sick. There was pisses everywhere. Everywhere, male and female, and those in between with no bodily anatomy at all. Everybody needed to go to the toilet at some point, and we stopped in every town, and we eventually got there. And I will never forget the amount of vehicles in one field. I hadn't seen such unorganised chaos in so long. There was buses just driving through fields trying to throw off people. It seemed at the time, and maybe the organisers of Oxygen can contend this and also argue this, I didn't feel there was any proper 
bus drop off way of doing things. I feel we were fecked off in the middle of a car park and then we had to trudge on our way to the main entrance. And in the couple of days beforehand, Oxygen were really stressing. This is an over 18s festival. This is an over 18s festival. If you don't have ID, you won't get in. That's it. I was 17 at the time. I shouldn't have been shitting myself so much, but I was. It's a big adventure. When you're 17 and you don't think you're going to get into some place and you're so far away from home, you're terrified, as was I. Not even the Dutch courage of several bulmers and a full fry in the morning could save me from this fear of not getting into oxygen 2010. Maybe I was going to get the ride. Do you know how terrifying it is for a teenage boy to think that he could be denied the ride? even though he mightn't have ever got it before, been, den- been denied the opportunity. She can't be turning up to oxygen and not getting the opportunity to even talk to someone to potentially even get the shift that might lead to the ride. It was traumatising, thinking that this could happen to me on the gate. But it didn't. But it nearly did. There were spot checks of IDs, and there were a couple on front of me who I know weren't 18, And they got stopped for ID, thankfully. They took the bullet from me and I slipped out by them. And whoop! This is it. Oh, there are no more ID checks. Oh, my God. I'm in heaven. Until I realised that I had to still walk about another mile and a half with all this baggage and all my cans. Can I please plead to you? If you've never been to a festival before and you're listening to this before Electric Picnic, or you are thinking of going to a festival next year, or one abroad, or whatever, please, if you're not experienced in the ways of a festival, do not overpack. Because I did in 2010, and it nearly killed me. Genuinely, nearly died. So, I had everything with me. I had my clothes, I had my tent, I had my sleeping bag. I had accessories like little lights. I had masking tape or duct tape. I was well prepared, but I was overpacked. With that then, there's also the cans and the drink. And I brought wine and I brought Red Bull. I was carrying all this by myself. And I wore myself out. So imagine... From the top here, it's 8 o'clock in the morning, you're after 8 and a big fry. You're getting on the bus, you're drinking Bulmers. You're stopping every 15 minutes, it seems. You're getting sick. Sometimes, not all the time. Four and a half, five hours go by, you get off the bus. You're already rattled. You'd be destroyed and wrecked in the best of times. And now you have to lug 20, 25 kilos worth of stuff for three miles, is what it felt like. And it probably was, because we ended up at the very, 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 very back of the campsite. We were literally staring at the security fencing. There was us, security fencing, green fields. We were that far out. We thought we were leaving early. We didn't leave early enough. We were at the very back. And lugging all that equipment there is very exhausting. And... I don't even know how to fully, viscerally describe this experience of you almost 
passing out. Do you know that feeling? I hope you don't. But if you do, it's feeling of pure weakness. Your body is shouting at you, stop. You have no more energy. You're about to collapse. But you're keeping going. It's the closest I've ever come to doing an Ironman or an endurance challenge or a marathon. Every fibre in my body was telling me, please, David, stop. Throw down your cans. Throw down your wares and goods and sleeping bag at this point and give up. But I didn't. But my face clearly was showing that I was suffering. And it was bright red and I was sweating balls. And I felt ill. And these lads, and I'll never forget them for it. They fucking started laughing in my face. If I ever came across them, because I still remember their faces vividly. This is how much of an impact it had on me. They were pissing their holes laughing at this poor 17-year-old cub who thought he was going to die in this field in Kildare because he had too much equipment and too much drink and too much weight on his shoulders. I'll never forget how awful and pitiful and tiny they made me feel. You fuckers, I hope you had your worst fucking weekend of your life, you pack of bastards. But I got to the spot that we were camping and talk about relief. It was glorious. I was able to throw stuff off my back. Imagine that weight coming off your shoulders. Oh, we're here. I have to go no further other than three days of drinking. Set the tent, all the standard stuff, and we had the weekend of our lives. A lot of it we actually spent in the tent. At one stage, there was 12 people under the one roof, one tent. And just telling stories, telling jokes, pulling pranks on each other. Such good, innocent fun. (laughs) Makes me sound so fucking ancient. But it was pure and utter daftness. Uh, There was a bit of badness too, where we uh, tied a bit of camping line, you know, said uh, to hold down the pegs of your tent. Tied that across and we were uh, tripping people. Um, It was good, innocent, fun. Nobody died. Also, I remember there... Speaking of which, we were that close to the security fencing. The one thing I didn't add in that was between us and the security fencing was the driveway. So there was a driveway for emergency vehicles, for security vehicles, for little buggies, etc. So imagine us in a tent, then there's that little road, and then there's security fencing, and then there's green fields. And in those green fields, genuinely, there were lads with... German Shepherd dogs in case anyone would try and jump the fence. Thinking back now, what a fucking mad thing to do as a festival. Hey, we need to deter people from climbing the fence. I know we're going to get big fuck off German Shepherds and we're going to unleash them on these people if they try and get in. I still haven't ever heard of someone getting bit by a German Shepherd trying to break into Hoxton in 2010, but perhaps that was you. And if it was, I would very much like to hear from you. So this driveway, loads of vehicles were driving by and one day someone was 
throwing a bit of their breakfast roll across the fence, but mistimed it that it went into the vehicle of a security jeep. And (laughs) the jeep stuck it to the ground, reversed back, and they were not best pleased. I can tell you that they got some of a half-tune breakfast roll fucked through their window. But it was entirely accidental. We'd never do anything like that on badness. God, no. Nearly got effed out. But I think they realised how much difficulty it would take to get us from where we were out through the main entrance because they couldn't let us out into the green fields. We'd do too much damage. So I think they weighed up their options and said, ah, feck it. It's just a bit of a chewed breakfast roll in through the window. I'll let it go. It'll be grand. The other things I remember about Oxygen 2010 was the mud. It pissed rain for a lot of it. It was pissing rain most of Friday because I remember standing looking at the Black Eyed Peas and Will I Am shouting, What's up, UK? And everybody, Boo! 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 And him not realising his mistake. Because as artists, what you must understand, they have these in-ear monitors. So they're hearing their bandmates play. They're hearing the music in their ears. They're hearing the stage managers going, one, two, three, four. It's very interesting. If you should want to know more, you should look it up sometime. Artist in-ears, what they're hearing versus what we think in the audience they're hearing. He clearly wasn't hearing the crowd booing the shite out of him because he said what's up UK it's great to be in the UK three or four times and I think he also said it's great to be in Dublin too which isn't as bad as shouting what's up UK to an Irish audience but you get my drift to him he was still in Dublin but to think that he thought he was that Dublin was in the UK that's problematic and the fucker didn't learn his lesson because last year when he was in Galway, the Black Eyed Peas, Will I Am was shouting, What's up, UK again? You fucking ignoramus, Will I Am. I've never liked that man. He's always given me the creeps. And the only redeeming quality that I have and story for him was that when he went to DNA Nightclub in Galway, after that gig, the Black Eyed Peas won in Salt Hill, apparently he was the nicest fella ever, which actually makes me hate him a little bit more. <laughs> No, it doesn't, but it confuses me and my feelings. It was pissing rain all Friday. Saturday and Sunday, I can't really remember the weather, but it was fucking wet, and the mud began. Imagine this image. You know the medical golf buggy type yoke? So the only time I usually see it is on the pitch in Crow Park, And if it has to come out onto the pitch in Crow Park, then it's a real serious injury. It's a leg break. It's a fracture of some kind. That buggy does not come out for every little niggle and tweak and scrape. This yoke comes out when someone is in a bad way on the Crow Park pitch. So two seats on the front and then like a tray table on the back. Do you have the vehicle in your mind? Imagine one of those in a field in Kildare with a lad clean 
knocked out on the back of it. No life. They're taking his pulse. He's that quiet. That caked in mud and the wheels spinning and she's going nowhere. That image will never leave my head and I hope that I've described it enough to you that you have the image in your head. And the two medical personnel in the front trying to drive this yoke on and are going nowhere. And in the times of crisis, Irish people do weigh in and they do row in and they got in behind this golf medical buggy and they pushed it out in the mud. They were caked in shite. They were swimming in it. Absolutely destroyed. But for the good of this man and for the good of the medical personnel, they weighed in and got it out. But to think you could be in that scenario, having a medical emergency or be claying work knocked out in the back of this medical buggy and her going fucking nowhere because the mud is... She could be still spinning today. I hope that man was all right. I'm sure it was just drink-induced. But what a time to be alive. He probably doesn't even know what happened. I know more about his medical situation at the time than he knew himself. And may it stay that way, because if he ever knew that, I don't think he'd ever go to a festival or an event again. Other things about Oxygen 2010. The drink of choice at the time for me was Red Bull, Vodka Red Bull. Tesco Vodka Red Bull. No, no. Asda, or was it Tesco? Now it was Tesco. Tesco vodka, normal Red Bull, and no, no, because I was I was only a, a leaving search student at the time, and it was broke, so it was Tesco vodka, the generic energy drink that wasn't Red Bull, but the piece de resistance was actual Red Bull mini energy shots. Maybe you don't remember these at all. They didn't last pissing time. So maybe on the counters of filling stations and supermarkets, you've seen five-hour energy before. So it was really an American thing. You take this shot and then it sustains you through the day, gives you loads of energy. Well, Red Bull wanted a piece of that market. So they made Red Bull Concentrated. Basically, they condensed down a Red Bull can into a tiny little miniature one. Miniature plastic bottle. And they were like, take that now and it'll give you loads of energy. What they didn't mention is that it would send you fucking Lula. It was super concentrated Red Bull. So we would take the Tesco energy drink, Tesco vodka, Tesco generic energy drink, and then we'd fuck in the concentrated Red Bull. So essentially it was vodka and Red Bull with super concentrated Red Bull on top. And rocket fuel, lads. Rocket fuel, ladies. I'm telling you right now, that stuff was rocket fuel. The tiredest man or woman alive could be woken by this combination of drink. It was stunning. I haven't drank Red Bull in years because I'm afraid of what it does to my heart. But at that stage, 
Boy, was it the greatest drink known to man. It sustained me the entire weekend. The Bulmers and cans were forgotten about. It was vodka Red Bull and super concentrated Red Bull. There was a few actual normal cans of Red Bull floating about for those who were maybe two years older than me and they had loads of money to spend on standard Red Bull. But at the time, I didn't care. It was rocket fuel and she went well. Uh, Some of my highlights in the festival, actual festival arena rather than hanging out in the campsite. Where you will get great crack, I opted to go to Mumford & Sons over M&M. I did get to see some in Eminem, but I, and and no word of a lie, I don't think I've ever spoken about this before. I am responsible for starting a chant in the tent that Mumford and Sons were playing in at the same time Eminem was playing. This would have been on the Sunday. And they were like, oh, thank you for coming to see us. You know, we didn't think there'd be anyone here. Because of Eminem. And I said, fuck Eminem. Fuck Eminem. And then it just went through the crowd like a wave. It's the most powerful I think I've ever felt in my life for starting that chant. So if you were at Mumford & Sons in Oxygen 2010 and you were shouting and chanting, fuck Eminem, I started that chant. It was me. Me, I tell you. It was me. And I know it for a fact. There are not many things I'm certain in this world. Am I a good radio presenter? Am I a good person? I don't know that. I double down and question myself on those things most days. Not every day, but a lot of the time. What I'm trying to say to you, there are very few certainties in life. There are very few things I am certain of. But I am fucking certain that I started that chant in Oxygen 2010. Not that I don't like Eminem, one of the greatest artists of all time. It was just that I was mad about Mumford & Sons at that time and they had more of a meaning to me than Eminem. So if you were there, we are brothers and sisters, not of Christ, but of Oxygen 2010. Don't remember much about Jay-Z. I do remember being on my own at Fatboy Slim on the Friday and not being able to find any of my friends. And... Just grooving it out, eating a charcoal grill, enjoying Fat Boy Slim in the piss and rain. I also did. Oh, the Back Eyed Peas are on the Saturday. Sorry, um, huge crowd for them. Absolute huge. Seen Dizzy Rascal. He was class. Was right up the front for him. Didn't go to Calvin Harris. Uh, had no interest at the time. The Prodigy can't remember them either. There are a lot of things I can't remember. I can remember Faithless. And the very first act that I seen at Oxygen 2010, and I still try and keep up with them, but I haven't seen them live yet, is God is an Astronaut. Very odd music. Actually, you know what? We'll finish with some God is an Astronaut on today's podcast. But that was Oxygen 2010. The, the closest thing I have ever come to. It's the closest thing to the pearl. I'll try that again. Entering oxygen and leaving oxygen. 
are the closest things to Pearl Harbor, the opening scene, I hope I ever get to. Muck and mud and... Man down! Man down! Oh my God, his cans have fallen! Oh my, oh my God! His bag has ripped open! Can we get a medical emergency here? And then leaving the mud and strewn bodies across the place. It was, I hope, the closest I'll ever get to a war scene. This was phenomenal. Getting on the bus and then going home. Landing in the door, caked in mud. With some of the best memories of my entire life. I still reminisce about it. I could go on for another hour about Oxygen 2010. But if you were there, we know what it was like. And maybe if you are too young or it wasn't your scene, or you didn't get to go for a reason or another, you did miss out. You really did. Oxygen truly was an experience. Never to be forgotten by those who attended. We must keep the memories alive. It disbanded in 2013. I thought I'd have more time to talk about playing Oxygen in 2013. And being told that there was an active gunman in the crowd, that if the shooting starts, start ducking. True story, by the way. We'll get to that another day. But for now, R.I.P. Oxygen. You were the OG. But it's time for the gospel. Today's gospel from the Day of Duke podcast to the dear listeners is this. Invest in a good raincoat. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not shitting you. Truthfully, spend a couple of hundred quid on a good raincoat and it will change your life. I'm not talking about getting a Canada Goose jacket. I don't know how how good they are. And I'm not talking about getting a North Face knockoff. I bought... An Aprigi rain jacket a couple of years ago. I don't even know is that the way you pronounce them. They're the ones that have the Norwegian flag dead center in them. N-A-P-A-P-I-G-I-J-R-I. Naparigiri? Naparigiri? It was a couple of hundred quid. I never had rain jackets before. I was afraid of going out to things, going to rallies or standing outdoors or going to fairs or... You know, I just didn't have a good fucking rain jacket. They were all shite. They might have been 20 or 30 euro from pennies and you put them on and you're sweating like a bastard. Sweating like a a priest in the playground. Isn't that what they say? Not my words. Some filth merchant's words. I used to sweat a lot on them. They weren't waterproof. And then I got one of these rain jackets. Changed my life. Never once I've been afraid to go out in the rain. If I really need to. I bring it to rallies. It doesn't sweat. Please. With the thoughts of Electric Picnic on my mind and festivals and the winter, invest in a good owl rain jacket. And the difference in your life will be phenomenal. I can't speak highly enough of an expensive rain jacket. And you go, Dave, we we can't afford. We can't afford it. 
Well, there's not nothing to fear. I've given you the information. That is the gospel. You may go in peace. I'm not always going to give you fucking solutions. If you can't afford it, you can't afford it. And that's just a fact of life. But if you can, invest yourself. Invest in yourself. Invest in yourself by investing in an excellent rain jacket. I think I'm going to get another one. I will take no questions today. We've spoken enough. I've recommended you jackets. We've reminisced on Oxygen 2010, a great time. We might see you at Electric Picnic. Perhaps you're listening to this post-Electric Picnic. Well, hopefully I've survived. I'm alive. Uh, Quick recommendations is get Dioralite, Electrolytes, and Camping Light, and a good jacket. A good fucking jacket. I, I love a good jacket. Right, from me, Dave Duke, to you, thank you so much for listening. If you've made it this far and have enjoyed this far, five stars all round. Give me those five stars. I want them now. And also, there are so many people listening to this on Spotify every week that just haven't hit subscribe or follow yet. So do that. It helps. It genuinely does. With algorithms and yada, yada, yada. Just hit subscribe or follow and give five stars if you only think you should if you enjoy it enough okay all right and to play us out on the dave juke podcast episode 21 it is god is an astronaut good night god bless good morning good afternoon good evening guten tag and take it savage handy Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.